for, yeah, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for, um, for the crazy thing that happens when two or more are gathered together in your name, that you, you come and you, and you meet us. And in this kind of cold community center in Snell's Beach, we, we meet with the living God, the lover of our souls, the, the healer of our world, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who knows the very depth of us and loves us the same. We pray that as we as we continue in your presence, God, would you would you turn our ear to hear your still small voice? Would you give us um, just a confidence to know your Holy Spirit's leading? We thank you so much for your faithfulness. Amen. Wonderful. Well, hey, I, we just wanted to start this morning. We've got a couple of things that we want to go through, um, just to sort of in in preparing, and then and then really, the um, the the basic guts of what we want to talk about is just introducing the series that we're going to be looking at as our all together gatherings. Um, but before we do that, I wanted to really take the opportunity to thank all of those people. I think someone mentioned it um, before. All those people who have taken the, up um, the signing up to be part of Teams. Um, Maharingi Vineyard happens because of so many people who, who lend a hand, who, who give of their time of service um, to, to make all of this happen. And so it's been so encouraging to see really what is, I think, more than ever. I tend to over-exaggerate things, but I think it's true that we've had more people signed up to team than we ever had had before. Um, and so that's incredibly, yeah, there's a somewhat of a, yeah, oh. I think that's something to be really celebrated for in that. And so, so I mean, and it comes down to some of the whys behind that is, is we really do value one another and value people. And there's no, there would be, there'd be nothing good comes from being able to gather together all together um, and have for all of that weight to fall on a very small um, group of people. And therefore, then those people become overwhelmed and burnt out. Um, and that's just not a price that we want to pay. And so the fact that so many people have have signed up and been part of it has been really, really encouraging. So, and if you haven't already, you're not off the hook. Please sign up, be part of it. Um, it really does mean, you know, the more people that are involved, um, the better. And it is really got hopefully find it to be a really, um, a, a really life-giving thing of being able to to serve and help out. One of the things we have logistically done is is we're going to try from now till the end of the year. A, a software package called Planning Center. So that is just something that kind of is going to try to hold everything together and send that out. And so if you are on a team, you'll get an email. Um, and I know this feels really bad for me to yeah, say it, it really um, but what we'd love you to do is respond to that email. Um, I'm not great at responding to emails, but I'll make the commitment to responding to the email because what that does is then flicks back and it gives um, Tammy and those who are overseeing Planning Center the ability to know that, okay, yep, yeah, you've seen that and you know that you're on to do 
whatever it is you've signed up to do. So, um, one, thank you so much for that. And as we go forward, please engage in those things. Yeah, I said to Lynn, and I remember in May, I think it was, of this year, I do supervision with um, this lady who's my lifeline. She's not Jesus, but she <laughs> feels like Jesus with feet and hands sometimes. But anyway, I was. she lives in the South Island, and I was on Zoom with her, and I remember it was... I was saying to her, we hadn't made the decision yet of how we were going to get through winter. And I was saying to her, I don't know how we're going to do this. And I I can't even ask people to do anything because I don't want to hear a no. And so it's been really lovely to sit here today going just really graciously and gently, Jesus has led us through this winter mm. season. And I just want to say thank you to all of you for being gracious and gentle with us because we... you really didn't have any idea what we were doing, which should be really comforting. Um, but we've kind of got through the winter and we've just felt really hugely encouraged to be here now. We're, the yes from you all was amazing. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for that. God has just been so incredibly faithful and we, we really feel it and we just want to say thank you. And so really we want to speak now into the fact that physically we're in spring, which is very exciting. I don't think I've been more excited to be in the springtime than I've ever been before. Um, but, but really the, the thing about seasons is it's always really good to reflect on, on what is to come. And obviously we'll be looking forward in that. Um, but also what was. It's really important to be able to look back. And, and I know as we're in this season of flipping our, our rhythms of gathering to being the first Sunday of the month be our cluster gatherings and the, and the rest of the Sundays of the month to be our all-together gatherings. We wanted to really, I wanted to also take the opportunity to thank all of those people who have given of their time and their energy and their homes and, and all that they are to make clusters happen. They really have been so incredibly fruitful. And, and I just don't know, we've been doing this now for um, well over a decade. And so I just don't know if I've ever experienced personally such a concerted time where, where as a church we have focused in and leaned into doing the practices or embracing the practices of being reformed, like having our life be reformed in by the way of Jesus, the way that Jesus has, has um, given to us or, or explained to us. And, and not only that, to have it be in such an incredible environment where, where people have been able to get to know one another, that honest and authentic conversations have been able to happen. And so I'm just so excited about what has been and, and how, how incredible that sets us up for success as we continue to move forward into the next season. Yeah, so clusters haven't finished, not yet anyway. So as we've said, they're still happening on the first Sunday of the month. So if you haven't been to one or aren't in one, we've only said this like 150 times probably, but we'd love you to jump on board because we really don't feel like our time in clusters is finished yet. They're really amazing moments that happen. So you'll find all of the details online. Please don't use that first Sunday in the month as your Sunday off when we kind of swap to this new rhythm because... There's a few knowing laughs there. Yeah. <laughs> Jason I'm looking up no. at the... Oh, <laughs> 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 no, He was laughing at me. It's fine, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> if you bring me fish, it's all good. Yeah, no, shh, <laughs> don't say that. That's terrible. Uh, sorry, I went off cue. You were... 
Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, mean? we just really feel like there's still some yeah. really great opportunities for us yeah. in these times. And so one of the things what we want to do is continue to use our Cluster Sunday as our come to the table. If you're not familiar with that, our come to the table is our communion rhythm of, of, of breaking bread and drinking um, from the cup of... Oh, look, See? he's getting his comeback. <laughs> There's fish. Is it Steve Hathaway <laughs> using your phone? Well done. Detention for the both of you. What are they, do they still do that in school, Ben Housen? What's the, is that, is that yeah. still a thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, so getting back to our notes and the deeply solemn thing of communion. Um, now, so what we'd love to do is in our Come to the Table series, we've actually felt even in that as we shift and season changes, we really feel like the season of, of cluster, um, we want to lean into the impossibility. When, when Niall um, was sharing a little bit a couple of weeks ago with myself, or the last time we were in our all-together gathering, just that word impossible started picking up again. And I've really, really felt like as we lean into cluster and come to the table, you know, what speaks more of how, what God does with the impossible than the cross? A, a place of, of death, of, of penalty, of, um, of suffering, has, when God takes hold of it, becomes a place of hope, a place of salvation, a place of life. That's what our God does with the impossible. You know, that's what, when, when, when our impossible comes in contact with God, just what could possibly happen. That's what we want our times in cluster to be about. That's what we envision our, our, our cluster times of coming to the table, of bringing with us those things that feel overwhelming in our life, whether that's our, our health diagnosis or our business situations or our relationships or, or even just the thought of, of carrying on forward. How, whatever that might look like, we envision these times of cluster and these times of coming to the table where in a very vineyard way, with, with great food and authentic conversation and hospitality, we press in and we lean into what God can do in the impossible. And we, and we invite him to come and to move. Yeah, and in those times too, we don't want to just pray for the impossible in our life. It's kind of praying for those big things for us as a church. And I know Niall shared, um, it was actually ages ago, I, I said to Lynn and I can't believe it. Anyway, it was beginning of August, um, about the youth. And so since Niall shared that, we have just had, I can't really go into any great detail, but we've had this incredible possibility that has come along and um, we would just love you to pray into that with us so it's just in process at the moment and nothing may come of it but what we know for sure is that we're totally committed to mm. following this and finding someone for our youth but we'd love you to pray in the meantime Niall's going to have a chance to meet this person in a couple of weeks and we'll be meeting with them again and we've already met with them and it just came completely out of the blue came with great recommendation and it's really exciting it was like oh wow like that seems a bit too easy um 
maybe it's God. <laughs> so, yeah, we'd love you to pray into that. The other thing that we talked about a year ago was about a building, and we still there's still something that stirs mm. in us with that. It's often our nighttime prayer when we're lying in bed. It's often Lyndon's, if I'm honest. Um, he'll just randomly say, God, he kind of <laughs> whinges a bit, but... Yeah. But God still hears the wind. Um, the whinge of a righteous man availeth yeah. much. I think that isn't that the version. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. But yeah, we we keep looking, we keep asking, we keep pushing on doors, and it feels impossible. It feels ridiculous, but it feels like it could be something that God is in. So we would love you to continue to pray with us into that. And then, of course, we have our all-together gatherings, which is what we're doing right now. And they, and they start today. Believe it or not, we have eight all-together gatherings between now and the start of the Advent season. So, so it's crazy how fast this year has gone. And so really what we want to do is take the rest of the time together to really introduce, as I said, um, what is going to be our focus in these all-together gatherings between, between now and, and the end of November. Um, and, and really just sort of um, see, see where we go to from there. So I'm just going to read. If you yes. have your Bibles, uh, Matthew 16, we're verses 13 to 20. So starting in verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So what we want to do from now until Advent is preach Jesus. Is, is to remind ourselves over and over and over again. Who is Jesus? You know, one of the contexts of this, of, or the context of this scripture is, um, remember when we were in clusters and we talked about silence and solitude, how Jesus, does anyone remember that? Remember, I do like a little bit of feedback, you know, like sort of, but remember, you know, that, that Jesus regularly um, went away. He regularly left the crowd and he went away to a, si a quiet place or a lonely place or sometimes in the desert, sometimes up on a hill. But this is one of those times where Jesus has left a crowd and he's taken to just his closest disciples and he's gone far away. Um, you know, you may or may not be aware, but um, Caesarea Philippi was about as far, far north in the, the nation of Israel as, as you could go. So well outside of the normal sort of circles or normal that, that Jesus would have been going around with his, with his disciples. 
And for us, I was kind of reading that and pondering it and thinking, man, for us, we're, it feels very similar. You know, like if, if the last two years has taught us anything, is that we're well and truly outside our normal. Aye. No? Just me? Yeah. You're all super prepared for everything, you know, like... Um, and yet it's in that place that of being outside the normal that Jesus turns to his disciples and asks this really kind of bit of an unusual question in the way. And, and in some translations, you know, Jesus is, is certainly being very vague and he's being vague for a reason. But he says to them, basically, who, who am I? Who do, who, do you, who do people say I am? Who do you say I am? And that question is the question that we want to consider over the next eight weeks. Jesus, who do you say that he is? Like, really? Like, we all have, we all have an answer. We, we all know the answer. But, but really, who does your schedule say that Jesus is? Like how you spend your time. Who does, that, who does that say who Jesus is? I'll go right for the jugular. You know, what does our bank account and our possessions and our money say who Jesus is? What do our fears or our insecurities, how do they answer that question? Who is Jesus? You know, how we live answers that question. Scripture is full of answers, and that's going to be our framework for as we go forward, is, is throughout the Scriptures, throughout the New Testament and in the Old, there are answers to that question of who Jesus is. And that's what we're going to look at over the next eight weeks. But for here and now, and because I know we all love to get involved, is what are some of the names of Jesus in Scripture? Messiah? Emmanuel, God with us. Light of the world? Great. Good shepherd? Shalom, peace. There's heaps. Wisdom, yep. Lamb of God, brilliant. Yahweh. Lover, yeah. Wonderful. There's heaps, keep going. Wonderful. Redeemer, mediator, the true vine. Savior, brilliant. It's going to be a good series, isn't it? That's more than eight. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. The Son of Man, the High Priest, Man of Sorrows. Jesus talked about him being a door. Anyone else? Bread of Life. Word. So many. Oh, do I turn this off? Oh, it's died. Has it died? No. Oh. 
You can't get that out easy. Oh, sorry. I don't know what I did. Um, there's a really lovely quote from Charles Spurgeon that I just wanted to share that kind of speaks into all of these different facets of who Jesus is. And it's, it's this. The entire person of Christ is like a diamond. His life in every dimension or facet each leave a lasting impression. And there just are so, I mean, you've just heard it, there are so many dimensions to who Jesus is, and they're all equally as beautiful and attractive. They're all, there's something just amazing about all of them, and that's the whole point of, mm. of it. Yeah, I mean, like if you look back in church history, there's a, there's a season called the, well, the patristic fathers, fathers and mothers, depending on how you look at it. But it ends from the first century and goes to, through to the eighth century. And one of the, one of the kind of ways of the patristic, um, our church history, is to, they looked at that thing of, of Jesus and scripture being like a jewel or a diamond. And when you turn it, you're, you've got all of these different facets to it, and it's and it's this moving thing that. And, and I'd love for us to kind of embrace that a bit more. I'd love for us not to think of Jesus as, oh yeah, Jesus. That's I know that, and I've I've kind of got that sorted. You tick the box, but but we engage with who Jesus is. We look at it. We turn it around. We hold it up to the light. We look at it from different angles and, and see that in every, in every way, um, he's more beautiful than we ever thought possible, that there's more to him than we ever could imagine or hope, and, and that, that there's nothing that we should do or, or there's just so much more to who he is. Does it keep going on? You know, for, for us personally, we, we kind of were imagining as we sort of been preparing for all of this is that um, Jesus for us or one of the facets that we've, we've just come, you know, so aware of Jesus as being in the last, like we said, I think it's been 12 years that we've led Maharangi Vineyard, but there's been, there's been nothing in then this last season that we have clung to then one of the names of Jesus, which I don't think anyone mentioned, but is, is chief cornerstone of the church. And for us personally, we're just using our personal story, is that has meant so much to us over the last two years, is that, that it's, it's Jesus who's building his church, and nothing is going to stand against it. Nothing will overwhelm it, and, and nothing is going to tear it down, that he is our foundation, that he's the true measuring point, that, that, all that all that he promised is going to come to pass, that nothing is going to thwart God's plan, that he is the light and he'll guide us whenever we need it. Whenever things feel dark and overwhelming, he is the light of just our next step. And that's been so life-giving and so encouraging for us. Yeah, is this on? Yep. Um. I remember often over the last couple of years just huge feelings of overwhelmingness, um, as I'm sure we've all felt in many different areas of our life, and a real sense of like, what in the world are we going to do? Um, and how are we going to do it? And is there actually going to be anything left on the other side of it? And I've, I know for me, I clung to, I clung to the thing of, well, because responsibility is that hideous value that I have. <laughs> Um, but it was like, this isn't, God, this is your church. This is your church. This is not, I had to keep kind of taking that heaviness off and going, this isn't mine to carry. 
Um, so leading Mahurangi Vineyard through the last couple of years, there haven't been, like we've met as a team, I, I think we could all honestly say there's been no lightning bolt moments of um, God said do this. It's just been more of a gentle, let's, let's do this, and a sense in the room of, yeah, that sits really well, and we feel like that's what God's saying. And even when we were approaching winter, it was like, um, I think... I can't even remember now, but I think we went into it thinking, let's just go back to church, and then there was like a, when you come together and we talked, it was like, no, let's, maybe not, you know, maybe now's not the right time, so it's just been this whole um, clarity from Jesus, I think, of just taking the next step, and the next step, and the next step, it hasn't been like this well-lit path the whole way through, Um and I think for me, like I said before, it's just looking back and, and knowing and trusting that God holds each of us. He holds Maharangi Vineyard, he holds Lennon and I, he holds each of you. And that he does it and I don't have to do it. I can't, it's too heavy. The weight's too heavy to carry. So I just wanted to share a verse from Ephesians 2 in verse 19 to 22. This is the result. You are no longer foreigners or strangers. No, you are fellow citizens with God's holy people. You are members of God's household. You are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with King Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is fitted together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord. You too are being built up together in him into a place where God will live by the spirit and so we're going to spend like I said the next eight weeks of looking at looking at these different facets getting different people to share um, but every week over the next eight weeks starting today that we're going to end our gathering with an invitation to give your life again to Jesus to give your life again to the way the truth, the light, to give your life to the redeemer of your soul, to give your life to all of those names that we had. And, and we believe, I believe fully that the Holy Spirit is going to quicken some of us on whatever morning it is. And whether you've been in church for, you know, longer than you can remember, there are going to be moments and times where you, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to hold up a name or an aspect of Jesus that you've never seen before. And the beauty of that name is going to capture your heart again. And you're going to be overwhelmed by Jesus. You know, when we can spend our life, hopefully we spend our life answering that question. Who, who am I? Who do you say that I am? And, and really, I hope that we do. You know, I, I know we recently, um, a little bit of a plug for myself, is I had Angela's ring, engagement ring, redone and as, a, as a wonderful gift because I'm a credible husband. Um, but, but how silly it would be to go through the expense, the great expense of, of having that done. And, and, and to employ a, a gifted craftsman to do all of what they do so incredibly and to get things redone and made and then to put it into a drawer. You know, or put it into a box and close the box and then put the box into a drawer and shut the drawer and put it into a room and shut the door. 
No, you do that because you, because you hold it out and you see it. And the beauty is in the seeing it. The beauty is in, in the experiencing of it. The beauty is even more beautiful when the light engages with it and, and you know, things sparkle and whatever. Think of Jesus that way. Like for the next eight weeks, for the next rest of your life, let's think of Jesus that way. Why in the world would we put him in a box? Why in the world would we shut the door? Why in the world wouldn't we hold it up? Wouldn't we spend our time looking at it? Wouldn't we engage with it? Why in the world would we think we've got this thing all sorted out? So as we answer that question, who did you say that I am? We're formed and renamed like Peter was in the process. I'm just going to read that last part of Matthew again. It's from verse 17. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. See, there's something incredible that happens that as we, as we focus our attention, as we focus our, our passion and our love on Jesus, something incredible happens to us in that we are formed. We are, we are made different and we are made more like him, just like, just like Simon. And so, um, like I said, why don't we stand? Maybe, Al, do you mind coming up and playing? Because we can't have a response time without some, you know, gentle music on in the background. But um, you know who who Jesus is. I have great expectation that over the next eight weeks, as we look. At and hear of, of people's own stories and, and read and dig into the scripture of, of all of the different aspects of who Jesus is, that, that our lives will be changed. How could it not? I'm just going to wait for a minute. Jesus, I thank you so much for the incredible diamond that you are. The, the most incredible person, God, that we could ever imagine. And that's only one facet of it. And you're just this endless amount of facets that whenever we twist and turn, it just becomes more. There's more to it. There's more to you. 
just when we thought we could get our head around who you are, that's just the tiniest tip of who you really are. If you're here this morning and you have never or haven't for a long time said, Jesus, you're the Messiah, you're God, you're Lord over my life, and you'd like to today, I'd love you just to stand up and come down and come, come forward, and we'd love to pray with you. The other thing I wanted to do was I felt in preparing um, is I'd love to pray with anyone who has got... And I thought of you, Simon Wamala. So if you could be the first one. I'll call you out because I know you wouldn't mind. But Simon's on a, on a, has a trip planned. And Simon, I felt like the Holy Spirit said that, that you are going to encounter him in a way that you've never experienced before in your journey. That, that God in, throughout Scripture meets us in our journeys. That when we, when we step out and we go you know, out of our normal, he, there's something about that that He meets us in. And I, I'd love to pray with you that He wants to meet you in, in your journey ahead. And just as I was praying, if there's anyone else here that's got a trip planned in the next month, I'd like you to come forward because I think the word is for you as well. Whether that's a trip planned to Christchurch or to wherever, near or far, I think there's, there's a grace here this morning that God, and I'd love to, to pray and instill in you an expectation that the Holy Spirit of Jesus wants to encounter you in your journey. So if you've got a trip planned, come on up. I mean, nothing, nothing crazy is going to happen, I think. No, nothing crazy from us anyway. But I, I just would love to pray. All we're going to do, and, and get, maybe get um, leadership team and those who are, are equipped, which means that you've got a pulse, and really just pray um, for, a, um, for these people as they've, res as they've responded to, um, to bless, to bless um, them in their travel. To, that they would encounter Jesus in their travel. And it's not, it's not about the travel. Hear that. Like, like I think there's going to be so many opportunities over the next eight weeks that, that, that you're going to, you have the opportunity that Jesus is going to draw near to you. And as you draw near to him, like Simon said, you think you know Jesus, but oh my goodness, he's so much more. He's so much better. 
He's so much kinder. His mercy is far sweeter than you ever thought possible. His grace is, is so much more scandalous than anything you've ever read in a tabloid. For some of us who have been around the traps for a while, I honestly almost think it's going to be a bit of a warning for us that we don't fall into the trap of, of feeling like, you know, the box, putting God or having Jesus in a box. Like, let's not let our familiarity, like, take our eyes off of just how scandalous the grace of Jesus is. So in, there's been a couple of invitations. So if, if you'd like to respond to those, yeah, a lot of people have come up already. But, but yeah, just one last chance. <laughs> no, there's lots of chances. Um, and, and we're just going to pray. So, um, yeah, thanks, Al. Just keep playing if you don't mind. And, and we'd love just to pray with some people. So, so people have responded. So you know one of the people that have responded please come up just lay a hand on their shoulder we'll spread out a little bit maybe and um and we'll just pray and pray blessing over over those what those things and and just and if you like i said before if you have um have never given your life to jesus or or even as we've spoken it just feels like man there's this area there's this thing in my life that I know I've been just going on my own and trying to make it work on my own, out of my own strength and in my own steam, and it's just not working. And, and you just might be that Jesus is saying, give that to me. Um, I think that's him, and I'd love to pray with you. But you know, like we, we, how sad that we think that giving our life to Jesus is just a once and done thing. His grace is that we can wake up every morning and give our life to Him. That we can surrender ourselves to who He is. So we're going to 